Is it hot enough out there for you? I had the absolute delight of swimming in an ozone pool, looking over the most magnificent view ever. Anyway, it was a great day, and I hope you've had a great day. We had a wonderful gay pride parade here tonight. We're going to talk about, uh, here today in Vancouver, we're going to talk about that tonight on the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show, the show where we educate men and women about sexual health, how it relates to overall health, making relationships the best they can be, Good evening, everybody. How are you? I hope you are all doing well and after having had a great day here in Vancouver. Tonight on the program, the program that I am the host of, Maureen, I am a registered nurse, sex therapist, blogger, researcher, and uh, I come to the airwaves every Sunday evening to talk to you about sex. Yes, and sexual health and sexuality and love because hatred paralyzes life. And I don't like hatred. Anyway, tonight I'm going to talk to you um, about the Gay Pride Parade here in Vancouver and what that meant to one gay man, Joseph. He's going to join me on the line shortly. Also going to talk about condoms. You may not think that's important, but condoms are so important. And I have a little story to tell you about a man who was around 55 or 60 years of age and how his need to learn how to put a condom on uh, after a uh, long-term marriage that had ended. Anyway, also things that women hide from their husbands. You'd be surprised. You thought you knew everything. Anyway, I've got a few uh, things there. And is that healthy? And is that helpful in advancing their relationship? And a little bit later in the program, I will be talking to you about the latest sex fetish for intellectuals. I used to think I was smart. No more. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so this is a very interesting way of sadomasochism, shall I say, that replaces human touch with humiliation. And if I should be able to get to this, if I have enough time, I would like to talk to you about a, a few new studies that demonstrate that men who are intimidated by a woman's power. So that's a very interesting couple of studies as well, and we'll probably get to that to the end of the program. I hope so anyway. But right now on the line is Joseph, and Joseph attended the Gay Pride Parade today, and Joseph is gay. I usually attend, but I didn't, wasn't able to today. Uh, Joseph was also spreading the love. Perhaps you've heard me talk about that before. Hello, Joseph. Hello, Maureen. How are you doing tonight? I am fantastic. How are you? Uh, you know what? It was a beautiful day. I'm a little bit tired, but the sun was worth it. I, I can imagine. I love that <laughs> event. That is a, a phenomenal event. But I was unable to attend today, most unfortunately. And I'm sorry to have missed it, really. You know what? We had an amazing turnout today. It was great to see everybody out there from the community at large, including families and their kids. It was an awesome, awesome day out there today. Well, it is a great day. And as a gay man, what does that mean to you uh, to have such an incredible event here in our city and also in Ireland? That was a, a first. Um, what, what, how does that make you feel? Um, when I think about the Pride event and what it means as a whole, I think it encompasses everybody. It's not just about the gay, questioning, lesbian, bi, transgendered, 
any other, you know, letter of the alphabet that may be added to the equation. It encompasses the community as a whole and seeing everybody just come together and celebrate understanding, respect, and love. And to me, that's that's what this event today was about. And that's what this event should be about all the time, everywhere that it is celebrated across the globe. Absolutely. And it brings me back to something that Martin Luther King Jr. said, hatred paralyzes life, love releases it. Hatred confuses Mm -hmm. life, love harmonizes it. Hatred darkens life, love illuminates, illuminates it. Martin Luther King Jr. And that's really the way that we ought to be in our lives today, spreading love being kind to other people, being respectful of others. We're all here on this planet together. Why not make it the most joyful, beautiful, magnificent experience we can? Oh, most definitely. I mean, I think the idea of love and peace starts in everybody's own home, plain and simple. So you need to walk out your door every day when you go to work or whatever it is you do and share that love and peace everywhere you go, and that's the best way that we can think about living each day as a world community and just as humans. Absolutely. It's difficult. You know, I'll I'll be honest. It's difficult. People face many challenges in life. Many people who struggle with emotional health issues or mental illness or um, medical issues that come along the way or anxiety or shame, embarrassment, but but as humans, we almost, we judge people and we add that shame to them or make them feel badly. It's, it's really also about raising good, strong, solid people who can stand up to that kind of uh, neglect and abuse. And um, yeah, the home is a very important part. You know what? We add that own shame and judgment to ourselves as well. It's not that we just put that on other people. We we put that on ourselves every day when we wake up in the morning. So as, you know, a world community, we need to start finding ways that we don't do that to ourselves. We put undue pressure once, on ourselves. You're right. Exactly. And once we start realizing how not to do it to ourselves, it's that much easier not to put that out on other people that we encounter once we leave the confines of our, you know, homes. Absolutely. And to love yourself is very difficult. It's not, we're, we're so judgmental about ourselves or, or s- some decision we may have made or some w- mistake we may have made in our past. And we're really the first ones to beat ourselves up. And then that can make us be angry with other people and put other people down because sometimes you want to feel better about yourself. So you take somebody else out. Definitely. We are our worst judges every day. And I mean, it may be a cliche to say it, but it's very true. We are the first ones to put ourselves down before anybody else will ever put us down. And often you think, why was that person so mean to me? And and they may be suffering with something. They may be dealing with an issue. They may feel dark on the inside or black on the inside. And, and that may make them feel better to put you down. Oh, for sure. And uh, it's it's Darwinian. It's human nature to 
be able to try and put others down to build yourself up, but we need to reverse that in everyday life, no matter who you are, color, sexuality, or it doesn't matter. We all need to find a way to flip that around, that we look at ourselves first, find the good so that we can always find the good in others. Absolutely. And later on, I hope hopefully I'm going to be getting to, you know, where men feel threatened by powerful women. I was in the store this week in my neighborhood and the owner of the shop came over and he said, may I help you? And then he said, oh, you're probably one of those women that doesn't need any help. And I didn't even get a chance to answer him. And I know him. (laughs) It's not like I don't know him. (laughs) So that's like automatic threat. And then he's like, oh, he's trying to make up for it. And he's like, oh, I mean, I didn't really care, to be totally honest with you. I didn't need any help. Um, But I do need help sometimes. We all need help at times. And uh, so then he starts making up and he's like, we're so in awe of you, you know, (laughs) talking about sex the way you do. Uh, And it was, anyway, he was uncomfortable and I could see. But, you know, we need to be, not not assume things about people and just to be as kind as possible. Oh, you're completely right. And you know what, Maureen, you brought up the issue of sex and that's an issue a lot of people don't want to discuss. Absolutely. Tell me about it. don't want to be a... (laughs) Unless they're at a dinner party with me. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I'm preaching to the choir here, Maureen. Yes, you are. Um, But, uh, yeah, people don't want to talk about it. And uh, if I may, that's why I was very happy to be at two separate events today with our product, talking a little bit about sex. Yes, and you were spreading V-Love? We were spreading the V-Love. It's yes. the summer of V-Love. And, I mean, it's all in the name of the product. It's V-Love. Well, it's, so, it, it, it in itself is raising awareness about an issue that many women uh, face and may lead to low sexual desire, painful sex, uh, relationship problems, so vaginal dryness during intercourse or associated with perimenopause or postmenopause or after you have a baby or oral contraception. So it's a natural product. It's a lubricant. It's available at London Drugs as well, correct? Yes, it is, Maureen. And I think the biggest thing about it is as much as it is uh, about comfort or about intimacy, everybody loves to be intimate, and there's a lot of great qualities about the product in that regard, and we support that 100% as the V-Love team. Uh, But it is about, like you said, the vaginal dryness, which a lot of women don't want to talk about. And they don't know what's happening. Exactly. And that's just a comfort level for them. It's even beyond just the intimacy. It's just about them feeling comfortable with themselves. And that and that's really difficult, you know, that we could do a whole show on that about people feeling comfortable about themselves uh, and their intimacy, because that also makes for relationships that are going to thrive and be pleasurable and and fabulous. And that's really all I want is uh, Most definitely. Yeah, that's the best way to be. Every day should be Pride Day here in this city and you in cities what? around the world. It's- If it's about love and acknowledging who you are and your sexuality and allowing yourself to be intimate. If you you want to be. If you don't want to be, that's fine, too. Exactly. But you know what? Any of the men out there should be listening to that V-Love just isn't about them or the women, but it's also about the men understanding what you ladies need. So it goes two ways, and there needs to be understanding and there needs to be communication about 
all of it. Well, thank you so much, Joseph. I I have to go to break, unfortunately. But, you know, we can give out a little V-Love tonight. So if you want to uh, win some V-Love, give me a call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You can always email me any sex questions you like or any questions at all, sextalk at cknw.com. I am Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. I'm going to get back to you just as soon as I can. Men. Welcome back. I'm Maureen McGrath, host of the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Thanks for hanging with me. Great to be here with you tonight on this great day, this great Pride Day, this day where we spread love and V-love. And every day we wished, I wish we could spread love and people could be kind to each other in their difficult times because life is hard sometimes we get lots of uh people get lots of medical problems lots of other issues come along the way hurt heartbreak heartache that's all wrapped up in this thing we called love as well but at the moment i have bill on the line hello bill oh hi how are you i'm fine and you i'm fabulous thank you thanks for calling me i actually didn't expect to get uh on the air, I, I heard your promotion and I called in. Oh, about V-Love. Yes. Oh, fantastic. Would you like to win that? I would. Oh, excellent. Well, you did. Oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> so is this your first time you've listened to the show? No, no, I've li- listened uh, a fair bit. Oh, good. And oh. Uh, I find it uh, very interesting. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, very informative. Oh, well, thank you. I try and, you know, be fair and even speak about some men's issues and some women's issues. Anyway, I'm always open to feedback, so. Yes, and that's exactly how I find it. Oh, well, excellent. All right. Well, you're, you're, you're uh, tolerating this heat we're having here? Oh, yeah, I was actually just about to turn on the air conditioning. Oh, the old air. Anyway, <laughs> well, enjoy that. If you can hang on the line and give your information to Luke, the tech producer, uh, we'll advise you where you can pick that up. All right, thanks so much for your call. I love your calls. I love your emails as well. And I loved this particular email because it, it, was, it was from a mom. And uh, she said, hey, Maureen, how are you? Question for you. My teenage son would like to become sexually active. Is there a specific type of condom you would recommend? Safety disease prevention is the primary concern. Uh, People, you may not realize that condom education is important. And education about it is not always delivered at the right times. Um, So I have, I I actually had wanted to tell a quick story. Um... (laughs) about a physician who came to me and told me he he had been married about 25 years or so and his marriage broke up and he was out on the dating game and he said that he didn't know how to put a condom on. He thought if, he, if he's going to get out into this world, he better learn how to put a condom on. So he went down to one of the local sex shops and he said to the person there, you know, I need to learn how to put a condom on. And she said, we have fabulous condoms. We have condoms from China. We have condoms from Germany. We have condoms from England. 
He said, no, 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 I don't care about that. I need to put one on. And she said, we have condoms that are $2. We have condoms that are $5. She just wasn't listening at all. He said, no, 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 I need to learn how to put a condom on. I'm 55 years old, he said, and I've been in a marriage and I haven't needed it. And now I'm, I'm single. And she said to him, I don't know how to tell you to put a condom on. Go to your doctor. And he said, I am a doctor. And she said, fantastic. Do you want to go out for lunch with me? Anyway, so you don't think I always make that as part of my education when I do events is educate about putting a condom on. I actually show people I have my own penis, not my own. You know what I'm saying. And I demonstrate that. I don't, uh, you know, I don't want to embarrass anyone or for anybody. I'm going to assume that at least one person in the crowd doesn't know how to put a condom on. A lot of women don't like to put condoms on men. Anyway, um, I have Ola on the line. Hello, Ola. Hi there. How are you? Fine, thank you. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Could I have in some of that fever? Oh, it's already been one, Ola. Oh, too bad. I'm so sorry. Oh, you thought you had a question. No, yes, I was just listening to this condo thing here. How can a man not know how to put a condom on? Uh, you know, people have not, education is key and not, not everybody has been educated about that and and sex is an embarrassing subject for a lot of people and then a lot of people get caught up and they think i don't want to i'm you know i'm 30 now or i'm 40 now and i don't want to tell people that i've never used a condom only about five percent of the population uses condoms wow a lot of very interesting statistics on condom use and um, another statistic is 90 percent of the men who visit prostitutes use condoms with the prostitutes they don't use them when they go home to their wives. So wow. it's very, very interesting condom use, and it's an important issue in terms of safe sex. Mm-hmm. That's very dangerous. It can be, yes. Yeah. So, and, and a lot of the uh, communicable diseases, a lot of the sexually transmitted infections, you know, they spread out into the suburbs. If we think that this is an issue limited to the downtown east side, we are fooling ourselves. This is an issue that affects... Um, uh, issue you know people all over the lower mainland and the province and the health of of many people so yeah um, did you get the email i i am i don't believe i did no i didn't oh i'm sorry no problem okay thank you so much for your call ola Thank thank you you're welcome okay so getting back to that condom question uh and and again you think people don't um uh don't need it, but people do, and you never know who needs that. So based on CDC guidelines, I have drafted my own educational um, form uh, that I educate in my clinical practice or at some of my events, and I just the three different types of condoms are latex, lambskin, and polyurethane. The latex are the most popular, and they are the best for STI and HIV prevention. The lambskin is a natural membrane made from the intestinal lining of lambs, they contain small pores, which may permit the passage of some of the infections. So they're not the best in terms of STI prevention. And you've got to think about HIV, Hep B, herpes, gonorrhea, chlamydia, trichomonas. There's so many different sexually transmitted infections today. And believe me, you don't want to get them. Polyurethane is the third type. They are thinner and stronger than latex condoms. They provide a less constricting fit, and they are more resistant to deterioration. They may enhance sensitivity, 
and they are recommended for people who have latex allergies. But they've not been studied for their effectiveness in the prevention of STI transmission. So more research needs to be done on this. Important things to remember about condom use. You need to store your condoms in a cool place out of direct sunlight. Do not put them in your wallets or glove compartments. Latex will become brittle from changes in the temperature, rough handling, or how old they are. How old we are, we'll get brittle too. Uh, don't use any damaged, discolored, brittle, or sticky condoms. You need to check the expiration dates on these babies. You don't want to open them with your teeth or your fingernails, although you may want to in the heat of the moment with all that passion going on. Um, you can tear the condom. Use a new condom for each act of sexual intercourse. You may not realize that. Put the condom on before it touches any part of the partner's body. You want to hold the condom over an erect penis, and I'll tell you when a penis can become more erect later on in the program. Um, if If the penis is uncircumcised, pull back the foreskin before putting it on the condom, and um, you want to leave a little reservoir for the ejaculate. So you want to pinch the reservoir tip and unroll it all the way down the shaft of the penis from the head to the base. Uh, And if it doesn't have a reservoir tip, you want to make one. So pinch it to leave a half-inch space at the head of the penis for the semen to collect. If it breaks, withdraw the penis immediately and put on a new condom before resuming. Only use water-based lube and do not use oil. And um, anyway, those are some of them. I'll give you some more when I come back. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. I am Maureen, your host, registered nurse, sex expert, sex therapist. I have clinical practice. I also do a fair bit of research as well, and I do some presentations, educational presentations. And I'm in the midst of planning some big nights for the ladies in the fall. Hot Flash in the City will be returning. Uh, date to be determined, but there'll be two of them, one at the end of September and the other in November in Vancouver and also in West Vancouver at the K-Meek Center. So um, if you want to call me about any of the subjects that I'm talking about tonight or anything at all, some pressing sex issue on your mind, you can call me at 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You can email me at sextalk at cknw.com. You can tweet me at back the number two, the bedroom. Thanks for staying here with me tonight. I do appreciate it. Love doing this show, and I love spreading love as well. I just like people, and I just think that it would be a much better world if everybody liked people and enjoyed the best in other people and saw the best in other people and really appreciated people for what they are and what they can offer because only the truth is interesting and we all have troubles and we all stumble along the way and um, sometimes we've contributed to that or whatever but the only way we can get through is if we have a community of support and and people who believe in us and and people who are there for us so I hope you're like that in your relationships but just before the break I was talking about condoms because those are important in relationships too even though so few people use them but I love when I love the fact that a mom emailed me about her teenage son and he 
spoke to her about this and he asked her for some advice and then she maybe didn't have the answer. I don't endorse any particular condoms. I just try and give the education around which one is the best one for you to choose. And that's basically how I am in my clinical practice or with any patients. I try and give you every option there is that known to me in any case for you to make the most informed decision possible because you have the power and that decision lies with you and then therefore you are responsible for your decisions as well. I may not know what is best for you. I may not know what's best for me. So only you know what is best for you given the circumstances. And that may change for you. You may change your mind later in terms of what is best for you. But a couple of really important points that probably never get discussed or rarely get discussed are um, with condoms. You don't want to use oil-based lubricants because they will cause latex condoms to break down and deteriorate. So water-based lube is best. After you have ejaculated, you want to withdraw your penis immediately after ejaculation. And while your penis is still erect, you may need some help with this, grasp the rim of the condom between your fingers and slowly withdraw your penis with the condom still on so that no ejaculate or semen is spilled. You want to remove the condom very carefully, making sure that no semen is spilled, and then carefully dispose of the condom. Do not reuse it is important information. Do not wash it out and try to use it again, as some people have certainly done. There's also female condoms that are out there. Some people like them. Some find them bulky and uncomfortable and awkward. And I don't mean to uh, give them a negative connotation. This is just These are just reports back. So if you're feeling that or finding that, you're not alone. You don't want to use a male condom along with a female condom because if the two condoms rub together, the friction between them can cause the male condom to be pulled off or the female condom to be pushed inside, and that can cause the obvious problems. So condom care, condom education, very important. Don't be afraid to ask about it. You can always email me. If you want me to send you these guidelines, I'm happy to do so. Uh, If you need to educate in your school, Um, I'm happy to share that with you. So this um, week I've uh, come across a few things about men and women and and especially in marriages. Now I had a another neighbor of mine say to me I was kind of watching all the things men were saying to me this week because I just find them so funny sometimes. And there are differences between men and women, and I don't think two men are alike. But this man said to me, do you like your car? And I said, yes, I do. It's fine. And he said, I was going to get this kind of a car, but you know how I justified not getting your car? He got a Ford Escape. Instead, he said, I figured... Just like women, cars are the same on the inside. I said, get inside, my friend. (laughs) Anyway, cars are not the same on the inside. Stop fooling yourself, and nor are women. But there are certain things that women do that are different to what men do. And certain things women hide from their husbands, regardless of how long they've been in a relationship. And I'm not sure where they 
uh, start this. Women are very different on the inside, let me tell you. And he was speaking vaginally, number one. He was saying, like, all vaginas are the same. And basically women on the inside with their emotions are all the same. So that is not true. Women are very different. And uh, there are ways they react to certain things are very different. And it's not um, as he said it. I I love this guy. I have a lot of respect for him. He's a great guy. But anyway, and he was making a bit of a joke. But um, nonetheless, another time I remember being at a dinner party and – this the wife said come into my bedroom i want to show you all the shoes that i got and she pulled them all out from hiding places <laughs> i said why are you doing that and she said well i she didn't want her husband steve to know that she had purchased all those shoes now you can imagine how much money that cost with young babies and you know uh and so it was it, i was struck by that that it was i found it quite odd in a non-judgmental way, but these things occur. But there are a number of things that women hide from men. One is health concerns. If a woman finds a a suspicious mole, a lump in her breast, for example, she may hide that um, or downplay her anxieties about it. They hide worrisome concerns from their spouse to protect their husband or decrease distress. And so that's very interesting to do that because they're handling things on their own. It's a gut instinct to stay quiet about worries. And it also may mean it doesn't exist. So so it's not necessarily the best idea. And women are closing themselves off to support when they're not allowing the person they love or the person that they're closest to see their concerns. So I would resist the urge and I would share that uh, information. If I were you, but you make your own decisions. When there's trouble in the relationship, women don't speak up. Disagreeing about where to live or if kids are in the future or or if a woman cannot work out her relationship issues with her spouse privately, she may schedule a therapy session and attend that alone. And this is very common. They Women come in by themselves. They come into my practice by themselves without their husband's knowledge. And their goal is to decide if the relationship is worth saving or not. So that's a very common goal. But you really need to, I mean, it's fine to go and speak to somebody initially, but you really at some point need to involve that person with whom you feel the relationship may or may not end. Sexual preferences. Women uh, definitely will not complain that they are sexually unsatisfied and that is really important, and men would actually like to hear that and to hear certain fantasies about uh, that a woman may have or that their wife may have. Women don't talk about sex nearly as much, except for yours truly here, um, but uh, there's very little sex education about pleasure for women, and I know that I've talked about pleasure and educating women about pleasure, because I think that would help quite a bit. People often just fall into their sexual lives, and it's like, eh, you know, or they don't bother. Uh, Ladies just deal. They just like, you know, okay, yeah, it is what it is. And so women have not been taught to enjoy sex and to love sex. It can be an emotionally charged subject. Um, And, you know, two people may be thinking the same things. So they... If they don't want to talk about what's going on in between the sheets or what's not going on in between the sheets, 
then it can be a big problem in the relationship. So a conversation about sex outside the bedroom is something that I suggest because if you're doing it in the bedroom, it may, you know, bring up some emotions or whatever. So outside the the bedroom, talking about it slowly, uh, you know, being very matter-of-fact about it can, can actually bring a couple closer and you can have way better sex. And how great is that? Of personal successes, women don't often share that with their husband either. You, you often hear of women supporting their husband's job versus the other. And women don't share their successes enough. They don't want to feel that there is a competition between themselves and their spouse. A lot of men are intimidated by the strength of women. So I, I um, have a research study, or a number of research studies recently that show that men are intimidated about that. And then the finances, of course. Men love women who can balance a checkbook. And uh, women may keep secret bank accounts for different reasons. All of a sudden, they find some money here, and they're, avail- they're able to purchase something in particular. Um, and this is something that's passed down through the generations. Mothers teach them to hide some money, to always have stash, just in case the relationship doesn't work out. It also gives women a sense of security, a little bit of a nest egg to fall back on. Or, um, And if a man finds out that you have a secret bank account, he's thinking that you're thinking of running. And women do... Think about plan B. If it doesn't work out with this guy, they're thinking about somebody else. Anyway, when I come back, I'm going to talk about that intellectual fetish that is so popular today. I'm Maureen McGrath. You're listening to the CKNW. Welcome back. I'm Maureen. You're listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. That is my ode to Cecil, the lion who was killed tragically in Zimbabwe this past week by a very highbrowed, intellectual, successful dentist. And not only, I'm a people person, I like animals, but I'm a people person. But this was done in such a tragic way. And also, they lured this animal from the game park, which is you know, not fair. It's not proper hunting. So he's cheating on top of it. And now he's probably the most hated man in the world. But not only did Cecil die, was killed unnecessarily, all those scientists who had tagged this lion for 13 years, all of their hard work basically gone down the tubes. Now I do research and it is slow, man, let me tell you. It takes a couple of projects I've been working on. They are two and a half, three, four years long. I just wrapped something up this week that came to fruition. I've been working on that for three and a half years. And, you know, it's to have somebody just take it all away and all of the lives that that has impacted. Sometimes highly intellectual people do things that we don't understand. I have met MD, PhDs, some of the most brilliant people, and they they are hunters as well. And not to say that everybody does this unfairly, but it's is it bragging rights? Is it a desire for just to do more and to have much more uh, seeking pleasure in, in a way that just lies right outside of the box? I don't know. Anyway... Uh, thinking about that, but also thinking about that is that we 
the world has come together and has been so upset about Cecil the Lion, and understandably so. But look at our city. Look at our own people, our own human beings, how they are living. And you know what area I'm talking about and how we really need to be outraged at some of the conditions that people are living in. I, I work in the downtown east side at times, and there's a tremendous health issue there that is spreading through the suburbs that people want to be in denial about. This is something we need to get upset about as well. Uh, mental illness is rampant in that area. We are not treating them properly or appropriately. We're doing nothing. We need a paradigm shift to change that. Our relationship with all of the people that are around us needs to improve. And we need to do a much better job. So I would like to see some of that outrage applied to people. So what I'm talking about now is this is something that we're seeing an increase in and the highly intellectual people, in particular in America, are doing this because everything happens in America, <laughs> which is my home country, which is where I'm from, so I can say that. But this is S&M, sadomasochism, for those of you who may not know, for PhDs, for the smartest. And it's a practice where men watch their wives have sex with other guys. This is catching on amongst the highest, the most intellectual people, and they revel in this psychological agony. It is called cuckoldry, C-U-C-K-O-L-D-R-Y, and it's defined as a wife's infidelity. Chaucer and Shakespeare characterized it as the ultimate shame. So is this the reason it's... We shouldn't be surprised that today it's developed into a fairly popular fetish. And the Internet has all these sites where husbands are enthusiastically soliciting other men for their wives. And they're soliciting larger, hotter, sexier men than themselves to have sex with their wives while they watch. And they watch their wife, you know, being pleasured while she's having sex with another man. And it feels bad for this husband, and then it feels good. It's, it's psychological torture, really. And also, during the cuckolding, the sex acts, the man's wife tells him that the other man is much better at sex, at sex than he ever was, and that makes the husband feel worse. And then, for some reason, he feels better. And he feels better because he arranges these encounters where he watches in agony as his wife makes love to another man. And as soon as it's over, he starts planning the next event, if you will. And the point of cuckolding is when your wife says she wants the other man all the time and never wants you. And the the men are termed C-U-C-K-S. I want to say that in case I pronounce it incorrectly. Um even though that other word is the most favorite word women use with men when they're talking dirty in the bedroom. But anyway, I digress. Um, C-U-C-K-S's get aroused by mental anguish and pain, and that is their turn-on. It's not swinging. It's not like a threesome. Cuckolded men only observe their wives' infidelities. They don't participate. They often hold her hand, and that's why they find it a turn-on. They are left out. They're looking on as the with they're looking on as the woman makes love and climaxes with a better man than them. Now, there's some people who feel that it's related to a trauma 
at, as a younger child, and one person in particular spoke about he walked in on his parents having sex. Now, who, what parents have not had a child walk in on them while they are having sex? So this is not to put the fear of God in you, but that's a very common occurrence, especially for parents who don't put a lock on their bedroom or or whatever, a sick child enters the room. And so his parents yelled, get out. So with this, he has always felt that he should be on the outside of this. And this is uh, just an unusual sex fetish, um, but it is gaining popularity with the very highly educated people because it's a truly intellectual enterprise because it replaces sexual touch with humiliation and emotional pain, both of which are psychological. Much of what gives these people physical pleasure has to go on in the brain. So, you know, people are maybe classist, but it's not like people just asking other people to have sex or do you want to, you know, take my wife. It's far more complex. It's pleasure on a very different level. Uh, it's very unusual. Anyway, we're gonna. I'm going to have to go to a break. We may have to continue this talk next week. But uh, when I come back, I'll just wrap things up and let you know what's going on. I'm Maureen McGrath. You are listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show. Welcome back. So if you're just joining me, I've been talking about cuckolding. And prior to that, condoms and... Uh, most of the C words tonight. I did have an email from somebody about condoms, and he said, Dear Maureen, I put my condom on the same time every time, one foot at a time. This is something men brag about uh, quite commonly, and it also is competition amongst men. And what does competition amongst men lead to? It leads to erection in men. Um, there's biology to cuckolding. And there are so many forms of substitute competition in the world for men today, sports, for example. Um, and th this is also about, there's competition around women and fertilizing uh, women. So there's sort of the sperm engage in wars to fertilize a woman's eggs. Winning isn't even that important. What is important for a man in terms of his arousal is the competition. So if you're a married man, you might love your wife, but you won't get as strong an erection for her or have as strong an ejaculation if your testicles know that this woman is yours alone. Nature's conservative. So uh, your testicles won't work any harder than they know they have to. But anyway, we are running out of time. I may have to continue this conversation because this is a fetish, a fantasy um, for a lot of men. And, and for a lot of women as well. And so next week we're probably going to get to, I'll probably delve into this a little bit more if you like. And also going to talk a little bit about how men get intimidated by strong, powerful women or women who are able to uh, stand up and speak for themselves perhaps. Um, but in, this, this equates to the workplace. And I also saw a great article on LinkedIn. I'm going to talk about that next week. Um, about things women say all the time that actually make them appear weaker. But for now, you can always go to my website, www.backtothebedroom.ca. I blog about sexuality, intimacy, vaginal health at backtothebedroom-blog.ca. Uh, stay tuned for some events. I'm just planning a bunch of those for this fall. And uh, remember... When you stumble on this gravel road of life, make it part of your dance. Make it make you become a better person because those 
when we fall, those are the stones. Those are the stepping stones that make us be a better person. Anyway, it's been an absolute pleasure, as it is every Sunday night, to come to you through the airwaves. I want to thank, thank Luke for the fabulous technical production tonight. Thank you so much, Luke, and for all of the, the songs. You always do a great job, and I am very grateful for that. Until next week, have a sexually healthy week. I'm Maureen McGrath. You've been listening to the CKNW Sunday Night Sex Show.